Wednesdays at five, after the house and gardens had ceased to admit visitors. This was the last meeting of the season. At the end of the next week, coinciding with the end of October, the site would be closed to the public until the following Easter. Brackets, set a little outside the downland village of South Stapley, was one of those houses which had grown organically. The oldest part was Elizabethan, and additions had been made in Georgian and Victorian times. Through the diamond-paned leaded windows, Carol Seddon could see over the house's rolling lawns to the gleam of the fast-flowing river Feather, which ran out into the sea some fifteen miles away at Feathering. It was late autumn when the fragile heat of the day gave way at evening to the cold breath of approaching winter, but perhaps one of the best times of year to appreciate the beauty and seclusion of the estate. Brackets was an idyllic place to be the home of a writer. The writer to whom the shrine was dedicated was Esmond Chadley. His father Felix had bought Brackets during the First World War, getting the property cheap in a state of considerable dilapidation and spending a great deal on loving restoration of the house and gardens. When Felix Chadley died in 1937, Brackets was left to his son, and, funded by family inheritance and his own writing income, Esmond Chadley had lived there in considerable style until his own death in 1967. Esmond Chadley was one of those Catholic figures like Chesterton and Belloc, who, in that unreal, unrealistic world of England between the wars, had made his mark in almost every department of the world of letters. Adult novelist, children's storyteller, light versifier, essayist, critic, it seemed there was no form of writing to which Esmond Chadley could not turn his hand. But when the derisory adjective glib was about to be applied to him, critics were brought up short by a series of deeply felt poems of suffering, published in 1935 under the title Vases of Dead Flowers. Of these, the most famous a staple of anthologies, school assemblies, memorial services and radio fours with great pleasure selections, was the poem Threnody for the Lost. Written, according to Esmond Chadley's introduction, nearly twenty years before its first publication, this was a lament for his older brother Graham, who at eighteen had set off for the battlefields of Flanders and never returned even in a coffin. In the room where the trustees were meeting was a glass-topped display case dedicated to the memory of Graham Chadley. The space was divided down the middle. On one side there were photographs of him as a boy in a house before brackets, with his younger brother beside him. Both carried tennis rackets. Then Graham appeared in a cricket team in a gravely posed school photograph dated 1915. Beside this was the faded, tasselled cap of his cricket colours. There was a letter he had written from school to his parents, politely requesting them to send him more tuck. On the other side of the division was the pitifully small collection of memorabilia from Graham Chadley's wartime life. There was a letter written to him in the trenches by his father. There was a cap badge and a service revolver. That was all that had been recovered. It was the totality of his absence that could still shock visitors to Brackets at the beginning of the 21st century. Like many others in the muddy holocaust of Passchendaele, 
Graham Chadley had just vanished off the face of the earth, literally blown to smithereens. That was why his brother's famous poem carried such emotional impact. Threnody for the Lost was a powerful evocation of bereavement, particularly the pain of the mourner left with nothing tangible to mourn. No grave, no lichened tombstone, graven plaque, no yew-treed cross beneath its cloak of moss, no sense but absence, unforgiving dark, the stretching void that is eternal loss. None of Carol Seddon's generation could have got through school without having learned those lines, and the revival of interest in the Great War towards the end of the twentieth century had ensured that the name of Esmond Chadley was not forgotten. But, as was being made clear at the board of trustees,